Welcome to the Understanding Projects podcast. This is Dave Barrett. My discussion today features Lily Vigiano, a 2013 graduate of the inaugural Bachelor of Public Relations program. She credits the PR program for fine-tuning her relationship building and project management skills. She spent the bulk of her post-college career managing volunteer projects and programs in the nonprofit sector, with the majority involving youth stakeholders. A primary approach is to invest in relationships. The interrelationship of PR and project management is an important one, and we talked about this throughout our discussion. Here is my discussion with Lily Vigiano. In our, in our discussion prior, um, you have a PR background, uh, you, you uh, have a diploma and a, and a degree in public relations. And some of our discussion was around the use of PR concepts and skills uh, within your work and within managing projects. And so uh, that's sort of the theme of our discussion. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that in that you've been very involved looking at your, your background, you've been involved in, I think primarily in youth initiatives and similar types of work. And so, so uh, tell us a little bit about the use of your, your, your PR skills and how that helps you with managing all that work. Yeah, thanks for having me on uh, today, Dave. Uh, proud graduate of the 2013 uh, class, uh, got our BA in PR. Um, there is so many skills that I feel like I use on a regular basis um, in my youth initiatives, volunteer management, um, event management, and speaking engagements. I feel like uh, taking public relations was a bit of a toolkit, right? So I uh, didn't really need to specialize in one thing, but was able to, you know, tactfully pull lots of different skills um, together. One of the main ones being relationship building. Now, I know we don't take any relationship building classes, um, but definitely when you think about key messages, know your audience, and being able to say the same thing a hundred different ways, you really do start to see how public relations and relationship building do have a huge connection. What do you mean by, and what, what do you mean by relationship building? Because I, I teach, um, you know, uh, it, we, it's ref, referred to it as stakeholder management and so on but it really is really relationship building it's, it's the same same thing and I often get kind of confusion like an, an initial sort of hmm, what, do you, what do you mean by that and oftentimes the it's interpreted as well this is how I'm going to communicate with them I'm going to send them a report and book a meeting and and that's and I, and I see relationship building is, is much, so much richer than that like what how do you define what is relationship building yeah, so for for me, I'd say relationship building isn't just about a transactional relationship, right? Where it's I send you a report, you do you do this back, and we've come to some sort of work agreement. It actually speaks to something a little bit deeper, right? And I think what people will will find as they get into their careers is that. Um, we are a network of people, either PR professionals, you're in the nonprofit network, you're in the corporate network. So relationship building isn't just about getting that key stakeholder for one project. It's actually about, you know, building a relationship with Joe, who you might have 
you might cross paths with him many times throughout your career. And, you know, being able to think of people on that big picture scale while having down to earth conversations and relationships with them. Um, so I feel like um, a lot of it has to do with, yes, thinking big picture, but being able to be right present with everybody. Yeah, like I, I like what you're saying about like just like sending reports back and forth is, is transactional. And that's probably the lowest level of, of relationship is, okay, we're, we're having a transactional relationship. You, you send me this information, I send you this information back and we're both happy. That, that's, that's almost level one. But level two or three or four or whatever is that deeper understanding like what it it is right and and I think too (laughs) don't underestimate how how worth it it is to invest in your relationships it makes um the job for me every day so much more enjoyable it makes things happen faster right so I'm I'm pretty like I'm a go-getter. I'm an extrovert. I love getting things done. I have a vision. So when I feel super busy and feel like I need a lot of support, it'd be so easy to just want to try and delegate stuff out. But that's actually when investing in relationships matters so much more because you're going to need those people to come along with you for the ride. Um, An example would be if you invest in relationships by adding a couple sentences in an email or, you know, when you're in person having a little sidebar conversation becomes so much easier to say, to pitch an idea, pitch an idea, pitch an opportunity, pitch an opportunity to connect through work Um, instead of feeling like maybe you have to like obligate people or that it's like you have to strong arm them to to get you uh, to get them to collaborate with you. um, You'll find that you have people who will just say yes. Right. Um, So, I mean, and, and that that I know it seems kind of transactional to say it that way. But but what I'm trying to say is when you have good relationships, things go smoother. Yeah, no, it, and it is, it, it, you can, you have to be careful when you describe this because you, it's, it's can be seen as, or if you, if somebody looks at this negative, there's almost a, okay, you're just being nice to that person to get them to do something. And it's, it's exactly, you know, and, and it, it's so scary kind of like ch- chatting about it, but, but really what it, what it's asking you to do is to see people's um, see people for who they are. Right. And um, understand who you're working with and how to work with them. There are some people who I can be like very, um, you know, chatty with and, you know, maybe throw some emojis in, a, in an email. And there are other people who they would really love it to, to get a forward of a really cool article that relates to our field, or they want um, to know about an, a job opportunity. And that's the way that you build a connection. It's about being smart with your relationships while maintaining your authenticity and your integrity. I'm, I'm not putting on any shows to, to get things to happen at work. This is how I am. So for me, um, having an interest in relationships is my strength. Maybe relationship building isn't a, a, someone's favorite thing to do. So it might feel a little disingenuous. It might feel a little awkward, um, but it's definitely a muscle that if you keep if you keep flexing it, you'll find that you can naturally build connections with people. And it doesn't have to be this negative, manipulative sort of viewpoint. But in fact, it's about 
you know, enjoying, enjoying your space and enjoying the projects that you work on and enjoying being around these people since you have to be around them anyways. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And I think for, you know, for, for anyone getting into, into organizations and business is to put that aside that it's not, you don't do it to be manipulative. And in fact, if you do, people will sense that they'll, they'll start to say, okay, you only, you, you only are, you, you always attach um, a, a, a request to every time you, you say something nice, there's some request right after, and they'll say, you know what, you're, you're, you're just doing that to, to, to get something. And, and yet, and, and if you find yourself thinking that way, that like, stop, you know, stop doing that. It's just be like you said, I think the word authentic and, and you just be authentically interested, you know, uh, um, you know, if you're, you're talking to somebody, you're working with somebody, um, what do they do? What are they, what are they, what do they do outside of work? What's their interests? And, 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 you know, ask them questions. Like so many times people don't ask questions about, about others. They're, 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 they're just there to tell people stuff or to work on a problem. And like you say, it's boring, like it, you know, boring. I don't mean <laughs> quite mean boring, but it can be very transactional and very business oriented. But if you just sort of take a few minutes before the meeting, after the meeting, on the break, whatever, to say, Hey, what do you, what do you, what do you do? What do you, what are you interested in? Oh, you like the blue Jays. Well, so do I. Oh, how are they doing? And then suddenly you have this connection at a human level. And then everything else increases in effectiveness, like, and it's more fun. You, you know, well, you, and absolutely, and and I mean, especially being a professional in the nonprofit industry, the, that's half the reason why I'm there. Is like I want to make a change. I want it to be the experience. Like I'm very much uh, like a hands-on kinesthetic learner. I want to I want to feel it. I'm very passionate about what I do and the topics that um, I put my effort into. So of course I'm going to be the sort of person that genuinely wants to just grab a coffee with someone I'm working on a project with of course I'm going to see someone's strengths and compliment them like of course that that is why I'm here maybe it's it's not like that as much in in other industries I'd have to say it probably is a lot there's lots of relationship building in every industry but even more so um, in the field that I'm in I'm, I'm, I'm here because I genuinely want to be and I'm curious and there's so much that you can learn from other people by having that that curiosity right so many interesting stories and things that you just wouldn't wouldn't even think about if you just take a moment to ask yeah you are so your background as i was sort of you've alluded to and i i've alluded to is is from what i can see is in is in uh, nonprofit youth initiatives coordinating active like like youth um, little projects and initiatives and so on and, and and so i guess given that and you you can clarify that a little bit more uh but what are the challenges of working in that environment? Like it's, it would seem to me that it would require a lot of um, influence and coordination and getting diverse groups together. That must be really challenging. It certainly can be, especially uh, like, for example, um, this week we've got, I've got six projects that are taking flight at the same time, right? So everyone's been brainstorming. It's six separate groups who meet over who meet on either Wednesdays or Thursdays 
and they're all going public facing uh, as of last week and this week. So, so those moments can feel really challenging because you um, are not only dealing with the typical aspects of project management where you want to make sure that the timing is right, that they're using the right tactics, um, that we're, you know, that everyone has done what they've said they've done. Um, but, but working with a younger audience, teenagers, you also need to recognize school competing interests. It's a volunteer role. And maybe they've never posted something um, on Instagram that um, has to do with a special event. You know, so there's the training component. You have to train folks how, how to use uh, the tools that you want. You have to, tr you have to really um, do that. It's not just, okay, we know what tasks we have to do, but here's exactly how to do it. Here are, the, here are some of the cheat codes that, we've, that I've learned as a professional that just wouldn't be intuitive or aren't really common sense uh, when approaching some of these, you know, communication pro projects or event projects that they work on. Yeah. So how do you like these, these, so you're, you're, you're often working with fairly young people like teenagers and so on. Like, how do, how do you find, like, what works with them? Like, how do you get them to, like, they're probably, I'm assuming kind of excited about, like, are you having to motivate them or are they already motivated and you're just sort of directing them? Yeah, well, there there certainly is not a, co a cookie cutter way um, to to manage youth volunteers. So again, that's where being an astute um, ob observer of, of personalities and an astute of observer of how people communicate, whether it's understanding how their body language is reading on a Zoom call, how their texts are being like you. You really have to be agile to use a, a project management term. Uh, you have to be agile and um, kind of turn on, turn on the side. Like some groups are highly motivated. They make their own group chats. They might even be in classes together. So sometimes the, the groups of students know each other. So you've got that accountability. You've got that built-in relationship amongst the group. Other times it's like a, a disjointed group. They might be all different ages, different leadership styles. So, so it really takes kind of a, you have to have like a little bit of a coaching mindset, not just a manager or a coordinator, which is like my job title, but you really have to be a coach and, and see who, who's, who's, um, who's playing today, right? And, and how can we um, be really, really reflective of what, what we've got and, and, you know, teach them the lessons along the way, right? The lessons of capacity, um, you know, we might have an idea to change the world, but if there's only six of us and only three of us come every week, well, hey, our, our idea of changing the world might have to come a little bit down to earth uh, because that's all we have. Right. Yeah, no, I like, I like your, um, you know, you have to be agile in terms of understanding where they are, like, and, and what their, what, what their knowledge is, what their motivation is, where, where, where they're, where they're really at at that point. And that is not cookie cutter. And that, that applies. I think you could say the same terms, the same thing about almost any team that, that you inherit or, or become involved in, you know, um, you know, they, these could be, you know, um, 45 year olds that are, you know, a group of, a group of 40 somethings would be the same. 
you know, you'd, you'd, if you were coming in as the coordinator or the manager or the leader, and you'd be saying where they are, where do they know each other? Are they motivated? What's their, what's their background? You know, how do they work together? Like all those things, those are all things that, you know, your, your, your perception skills are, are, are key. So. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and I, I agree too, I am on a couple of like collaborative efforts within my, uh, my current role as well, where, you know, I'm in a, a small network of maybe six or seven people and we're trying to move the needle on a particular topic, or we're trying to come together to better do wraparound services for particular demographics. And again, that's where my people skills have come into play. So I often will take on the role of admin, but really what it means is I'm, I'm communicating and I'm pulling everybody together. And as long as we can get people to show up to the meeting and have a good agenda, with like you know with some wiggle room then the rest of the collective is able to you know chime in and put their strengths on the table and they're able to 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 show up so i mean it's exactly the same just with different ages yeah you must have an additional challenge though because it it sounds like from just looking at your background that you deal with a lot of volunteers mm -hmm. how do you like and so that's like that could that could be like you know as opposed to you know if you were managing employees or contract workers or so on there's a built-in relationship and an understanding of the amount of effort like what do you do to get those volunteers um engaged and you know because you probably again have a whole range of the ones that are trying to change the world and some that are there to get their hours for for yes. <laughs> you know for volunteer hours. So how do you how do you manage those two you know sort of extremes? Well, I mean, definitely um, going virtual posed a lot of challenges and had a lot of really great outcomes as well. So I'll I'll talk a little bit about kind of what I'm currently experiencing. Right. So with going virtual, I found we were much more organized as as small projects. Right. Because now we were working with technology. Um, previously, when I was pulling the groups of youth together, we would be in a community space with maybe one computer in a group of 12 group of 15 and we were writing things down on paper but there was so much relationship stuff happening right mm -hmm. so many little pockets of people they were taking pictures of each other they're making friends um if there was a community event happening we would just leave the space and go do that instead and we were really able to immerse ourselves in the community bigger groups lots of relationships when we went virtual um you know, you, you lose a lot of that ability to do the sidebar conversations and to pick up on people's body language. And of course, you know, we're, it's not really my style to, you know, force people to have their camera on. You don't know what their situation is. So there's also now the, the, the little black screens looking at you too. So you don't have that body language read. Um, so some of the things that I've done to continue to you know be a good coach is we do lots of breakout rooms uh, whenever possible it's about pairing people up right so that no young person is having to do like a task by themselves it's two people so that regardless of their school schedule their interests or if they just straight up like quit or go MIA we've got one or more we've got two or more people working on a certain component when 
we first went virtual, we had so much interest in our online events and like we did silly things and fun things. We had, we painted mugs and lots of team building, but now people are a little zoomed out. So again, having to, to redefine how do we come together? Um, a final point on that would be is whenever you feel like your team is at its busiest and that there's so much work to be done, those are the days where you have to sit and talk with every single person and right. come together as a group and reinvest in each other right. so that there is that connection. And I'll tell you, the weeks where we are super busy and I invest like that, invest in conversation, they stay later because yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're fully connected. They're fully engaged. Camera on or off doesn't matter. They actually understand their purpose for being there and you know they're doing it as a social activity as opposed to like a homework assignment yeah you know yeah if you can make them forget that it's a <laughs> it's a homework assignment and that they want to be there what i like about what you're saying and i absolutely agree with any time like you're 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 in the process of interacting whether we call it communicating or you know team building or whatever is there's a constant feedback loop you're constantly assessing, how's this going? How's this going? Should I, should I course change? Should I course change? Because, you know, if you start to see, you know, whether it's in person or whether it's through a Zoom, people getting a little sleepy or the, you know, the, 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 the energy level starts to decrease, it's time to change. It's time to maybe the breakout rooms or maybe bring big people back together or maybe one-on-one -on -one conversations. But that, that skill or that, that focus of, of the, you know, the manager, coordinator, leader of constantly reading the audience and then readjusting, I think is key. So that's, that's what I was hearing in, in, in the way that you were interacting. For sure. And like, and being able to co communicate on several different platforms is just par for the course. I have uh, some groups who communicate on discord. So I'm hanging out there. We've got Instagram DMS. I do. I'm in Google drive assigning tasks using the at feature. Some projects are big enough and disjointed enough that we can use Google classroom. We meet on zoom. We email, we text, like I'm everywhere yeah. <laughs> for all the different <laughs> groups over time. So like you have to be able to like, to stay quick with it and, and to be aware of the tools and how can you use the tools, um, to to enhance the experience right? right um are you going back in person anytime soon or is that on the horizon or have you started that already yeah well i, I mean eventually that would have been the course but I'm, this project is actually the project i'm working on right now is coming to a close at the end of december we're actually having our grad event tonight uh, right. Just uh, just to have a little bit of time to celebrate and reflect and have some socializing. But most of the projects, they're, they're public facing now. And then over the course of November, uh, they will all close down. We have one group um, that ha has committed to um, continuing on without the support of like paid staff. Um, and so they're, they've slowly been pulling in teams as the other ones um, shutter. Um, but that would have been that would have been where we were headed or some sort of hybrid model, right? Is having some groups who meet in person and there are in-person teams and then having some virtual squads right. as well. Right. Um, I did try to do some in-person activities though over the course of the summer safely, of course, right. um, but we did lots of litter cleanups and wellness walks and, uh, 
things like that just to, again to have that moment to come together right. to actually see each other <laughs> yeah for a while. right I'm um, like you guys aren't even getting the real deal with all the zoom stuff like yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a treat to hang around with <laughs> uh so you know they, they you know it's just great to have that that energy yeah. um yeah, to connect no, agreed in our discussion prior you talked I think you said the words uh, speak their language at one point tell me about about what you mean by that like what yeah yeah well I I feel like this would be particularly interesting to PR students right we're always thinking about crafting our messages and you know making those connections between strategy and action like um so this this speaker language idea it works with all the different audiences that you're going to connect with so for example if I'm trying to pitch something to my boss I want to make sure that I'm speaking her language, that I'm, um, you know, connecting it to our strategy, our connecting it to our vision as an organization. Um, One of the components of our project that we've been talking about a lot is sustainability. So how is the great work that I've done for the last four years and that four years and that the students have done for four years, how is that going to live on? So one of my recent pitches was, um, okay, in the spirit of sustainability, are we able to pay in advance for some of these resources so that the youth team who's going to continue on once we're done can continue to meet with with Zoom and have a a pro Canva account and have access to Volunteer Halton? That was, I got the green light for that because I was speaking her language by talking about sustainability and providing the right resources for young people. So it it works in all the different ways. Um, Again, and it's not about being phony, but it's about understanding that everyone's going to come to the table with a different agenda. So the more that you're able to show that sense of common ground, it just makes the communication of these ideas run so much smoother. Yeah, no, I'm a great fan of that. Um, and, you know, I, I try to try, try to do it, but also communicate to to others and students and so on that, you know, to, to get out of your own head when you're dealing with others, get out of your own head, your own point of view and try to look at it from their point of view. What's what's important to them and and how do they what is their their knowledge and so on? Oftentimes people will throw around acronyms because I think either they forget that people don't know those acronyms or it makes them feel important. I, I'm like, I'm not sure. But the bottom line is, is then you're, you're kind of confusing your audience and, it, and it's not a good idea. Um, you know, this takes me back many years, but in my, in my early, early career, I was more in a technical um, role, like a, an IT type role. And when you talk to the people that actually run the business, they don't know that stuff. So if you, if you go and start talking about it, and many IT people, people do this, they, they'll talk about, you know, servers and, you know, and, and bandwidth and just all kinds of technical terms. And if you don't talk in the language of your, 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 your customer or client, um, that it doesn't work well. You don't build the relationship. You don't, you don't, you know, increase the communication. So I, I'm a great fan of speaking their language of just, you know, trying to figure out where they are and try to bridge that. It's, it's such a good idea. Absolutely. And, um, and kind of building off of that too, is just the power of plain language, right? So with, 
working with with youth have has absolutely trained me in in plain language. Um, so uh, when you're when you're sending out messages on a broader scale, just keeping in mind that yeah, people don't know your acronyms or they might not be up to date with that. And and there's so many other factors as well. Speaking in plain language makes your message accessible to people of all sorts of backgrounds, right? Um, whether it's English language learners, um, uh, people with various um, learning disabilities, young people, like you, you, if you're trying to reach diverse audiences and you want to have inclusive messages, plain language is so much more encompassing. Otherwise, what happens is, is there will end up having to be a, a, a middle point, right? Your message, and then someone having to filter your message so that it reaches the next person, right? So you just wanna be able to speak clearly and plainly. Right, and I would think that that's an area where your PR background, I'm sure has helped speak to that for you. Cause I think that is one of the things in, in PR writing and, and communication is, is clear, you know, business writing is different from academic writing, for example, like that. So, so I would think that that would be a strong connection of, of PR and, and, and the work that you're doing. For sure. And, and I mean, even just like the idea of concise language now, now Paula knows my, my grammar's always been off and it still is. I, I am not the most <laughs> grammatically correct writer. However, what I am, what I do think I do well is getting to the point <laughs> I don't like super long emails. I, I find, uh, you know, a lot of times when people are trying to request something or, or like pull you in, they, they give you the whole spiel, but it's like, you know, you're having to like dive in and it's, it's just a lot of brain power. So the idea of a well-crafted message, even an email, right? Are you bolding things properly? Are you keeping it simple? If they can just read about it later or somewhere else, can you just provide a link, right? Like if you want full project overview, go here. Um, and that again, increases the speed that people are able to say, I'm interested and available to continue working on this aspect of the project with you. So don't underestimate clear, concise, like plain language, maybe work on your grammar if you can, <laughs> but that, that's the best way to, to get your point across. Yeah, no, and, and when you refer to Paula, you're you're talking a former former professor of yours, and and yes. who happens who happens I, I happen to be married to, um, <laughs> and and so, um, and, and yeah, we've had many conversations on the difference between you know clear and concise business writing and academic writing, for example, and in, in business writing there there are no. Uh, be that as it may, or or you know that those sort of more uh, verbose statements. It's to the point. It's you know it's it's it's, it's very informative uh, in 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 you know and 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 plain language. You know don't don't use don't use more complicated terms when a, when 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 more simpler language will do. Um, and I and I really agree with your 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 example of the email or the communication of of providing the summary. That's a big deal that I've I've always thought is that many will communicate. They'll they'll forward an email and they'll say, you know, for your information, for your for your you know, please advise. And then they'll they'll attach like 20, a string of 20 emails that you have to somehow <laughs> look through and see what the issue is and pick out and in order to, to kind of understand what they were asking for, as opposed to take a few minutes and just put in the, the email, you know, what I'm looking for is, you know, the, the issue is, 
X, Y, and Z, and I need your input on that. And just to sort of bring it up to the top is you're, you're being very, um, you know, very uh, helpful to the person and by, by demonstrating very clearly what the issue is without having them, you know, if they want to read through the 20 emails, fine, but you're bringing that forward to them. That to me is effective communication. Well, and it's respectful communication too, right? Frankly, we're, we're all busy. Um, we've got lots of things that we're juggling and, you know, putting that sort of psychic load on people to have to, tr to literally, they have to like, it's like a mystery, right? Where they're having to translate and they're, they're sifting through messages. Like you've now actually created a lot of space in their head and it might not be the most positive space that you've put them in. Right. right. So I, I really try to think of it that way too, is clear, concise communication is respectful. And again, it's a way of building a positive relationship. When someone reads what you're writing, are they having to decipher <laughs> you or do they understand you right off the bat? It's going to change how they operate with you. Yeah, and it, and it, it is, again, that putting your, yourself in their place, or as if you write your message, you, you're about to send the email, let's say we're talking email, you're about to send it, just read it from their point of view and say, would I know how to answer this? If I didn't know what I know, if I knew what they knew, and if the answer is no, then rewrite it, you know, then, <laughs> you know, then, but, but to me, it's, it's common sense, but at a lot of times in this, in this sort of um, sphere, this, this, this area, there's it's not always common like it's there is a lot of really just toss something over the fence you know like the email goes over the fence okay now you've got it you can you can you know uh do the mystery like i, I like your mystery <laughs> analogy of you you can solve the mystery and it's not effective because they might come to a different conclusion they, they might start to look at something completely different than you're asking for so it's just a waste of everyone's time so that's 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 true so um, I guess lastly, I, I guess you know, the one thing that you were you were saying in your your our, our preamble was making logical connections, I think, between needs and wants. And I was just wondering where what you were thinking on on the, you know, what what was what was uh, what when you say make logical connections, what do you what do you tell me what you, you think about that? Yeah, so so that's kind of like the foundational piece of the speak speak their language. Um, so I've found that you know public relations public relations and project management have really helped me kind of fine tune that ability to um, find common ground between not just me and one other person but several people. So in this role that I have now and my past few roles, I've worked at organizations that have multiple stakeholders. Um, they're kind of like hub, hub uh, networks uh, in the nonprofit space. So it isn't just about you know, communicating effectively with one person, but how do you get a group of eight professionals at a table working on something, contributing you know, time, energy, funds to projects? So, um, when you are building your agenda, when you are pitching these ideas to people and you're pulling people in closer, it makes good sense that you would want to take a look at their, their website, take a look at their strategy documents that they might have sent along in previous emails, understand their mission, their vision, similar to how when you're applying for a job and you look at the, the tasks that they want and you reflect that in your resume and in your cover letter, you're going to do the same when you're trying to build projects with, with other people who don't have to be on that project with you, right? So, so I hope that that part is clear is that 
with these examples that I'm doing is I'm connecting with people who are not obligated to, to work with me. I'm asking them to join me. And so again, if you can make it very easy, not just for the person that you want to work on a project with you, but how can they, are you making it easy for them to talk to their boss about it? Right. right. right? Is it matching their strategy? What's, what's the newsworthy item of working on this project with you? Is this the first ever, you know, youth strategy of this nature in your region? Is there something tasty that they can tell their boss about? Is it yeah. talking to current trends and themes in your in your community or in your in your sector? Um, yeah. That is the way to pull people in and to have an enjoyable experience with them. Yeah, no, that's 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 an awesome point, and it's a key skill. Or you know, and again, I it's similar to what you said before about you know flexing your your muscle in a in a certain. I think we were talking about relationship building, but the same thing here, which is making those logical connections it's almost if if you have the ability to there there's there's tons of information out there like we're barraged with stuff you know like you know news every day and lots of different points of view and all kinds of social media and, and all this stuff we're we're awash in stuff of, of and but if you're if you can make those connections you know and say well this is what we're trying to do you know, these are our priorities. This is what you can, you know, you, you can go and you know, back and sell to your, your organization or so on and make those, you know, if you, if you can summarize, distill, you know, um, it's, it's, it's a, a really important thing. And, and uh, you know, that is some of the, I think comes from your, your, your background comes from just some of your, probably you, you have some inherent skill in this area, but it's something to work on. You know, I've often said that what I've like project project management NPR. And by the way, Paula and I have had many discussions about the, you know, her her specialty is PR and mine is P is project management PM. And and but the overlap between the two is incredible. Like <laughs> is is you know, um, and and in both disciplines, this ability, this 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 um. Uh, this skill is 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 big. Like in 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 my field, like in project management, I've often referred to, like if my job has been to bring sort of order to chaos, or, uh, bring yeah order to chaos. Like they, you know, <laughs> the start of the project is all chaos. All we could do a million things. We we could go off in ten different directions. But now let's figure out what is the direction we're going on. Who is going to work on it? What are we going to accomplish? Like if you can do that. Um, it's key. And that's, that's, I think that's part of what you're saying, which is the making those connections and, and being able to, to help people see them. Exactly. Yeah. Big picture down to the nitty gritty. I think right. being able to have that sort of like telescopic vision is such a key skill that you can fine tune in the PR program um, and in your career. And that will only, you know, serve to make your experience more enjoyable and just feel a lot more natural. If you can, if you can use that vision, right, um, to see your projects come to life. Yeah, no big picture, and then and then and then telescope and so on. I've I've used the 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 analogy before of you know you 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 need to be like the eagle flying you know at at you know uh, I don't know how high they fly, but way high in the sky. <laughs> but then they can drop down to low levels at times right usually is to get some mouse or something <laughs> we'll stop the analogy at that point uh, 
but they they can work at both levels and and that is a that is a key thing you 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 need to be able to see the big picture you know look at the you know look at the for you know this I'll flip analogies for a second look at the forest but then be able to focus on a few treats you know when when you need to so um, anyway so anyways Lily this has been a great discussion it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you and finding out about your uh, your 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 background in PR and all the wonderful things that you're doing. It sounds like you're you're doing some amazing things, and and uh, you know with 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 youth and with all these initiatives. And it, and it sounds like some great work that you're doing. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. It's been a treat. I hope that the PR students can glean a couple of insights uh, from our chat today. Um, and of course, if anyone wanted to to reach out to me, um, you just let them know um, that I'm available. And yeah, hope that you have a good rest of your day. Okay, thanks again. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Lily Vigiano. It was a pleasure talking to Lily and hearing about all the great things that she is doing for such worthy causes. Her story is a reminder that striving to be authentic and investing in true relationship building will pay itself back many times over. I'm expecting that she will continue to do great things in the future. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider following Understanding Projects on your favorite podcast catcher or subscribing on YouTube. Thanks for listening.